Siobhan Calderbank. How are you today? I'm awesome today. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love you. I love your energy. Everything you stand for is the epitome of a real rock star. You and I have had a couple of conversations and I feel that you are, I've been very excited about this interview, by the way. I feel that you are so incredibly lifting, motivating, but you also lead by example, which I really, really love. So can you tell some of our listeners who maybe don't know who you are, could you give us a little bit of a background? Uh, well, I am the managing director at AIMCO right now, which is the Alberta Investment Management Corporation as their uh, managing director of talent. So I oversee talent management, uh, emerging talent, talent acquisition, talent development, which is really learning and change management, uh, all the fun stuff that, that's around talent development. And to, let's see, to get to this point, I've probably progressed multiple times within my career and have tried a variety of different uh, industries as well as roles. And what I really love is helping people learn. And so that's always fueled my passion. So I myself am a continuous learner. So I'm always doing something, learning, growing, taking some course somewhere so that I can elevate my performance and then progress in my career. Um, aside from that, I probably, I have three kids and um, I'm a mom, wife, and <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a whole other job on itself, right? Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I have a passion really for empowering women to really be the best they possibly can be. And you know what? That That's one of the things that really drew me to you. Um, I think I met you through, we had some mutual connections on LinkedIn and I contacted you and you know, the I Am Unbreakable, the whole mission behind what we're doing with the podcast and magazine really is lifting other women. And I love the fact that you take, you, you know, number one, you you said a bunch of key things there, but the fact that you're a continuous learner, but then you take it one step further and you share that with your fellow women. And what a beautiful thing. And I love the fact that you are one of those people that lead by example, because it's it's one thing to actually to be able to speak and to say it and whatnot, but you actually lead by example. And I love the story that you shared with me, if you don't mind sharing with me again. Uh, you know, our tagline is the struggle is part of the story. And we've as women, I mean, I think as humans, we all, you know, to be a human, there's human suffering, there's tragedy, there's trauma, but there's also obstacles um, in personal and professional lives. And so what would you say would be sort of one big struggle that you had that either fueled you or kind of knocked you down? And obviously you got back up based on where you are right now. But what would you say would be one struggle that really kind of stuck with you? Uh, I was very early on in my career when I wanted to move into becoming a manager and I had saw this position. It was fantastic. It seemed like it was almost perfect, but I was going on maternity leave. So I applied for the role, got the interview, but then was told in the interview, you know, it might just be better if you just focus on having your baby as opposed to worrying about moving into another role. And that really bothered me because I was thinking to myself, well, I've been in other organizations. I've seen women be promoted, even on mat leave, become directors. So like, what's sure. the big deal? Um, but that did stick with me. So, I mean, eventually I did move on and get other roles. 
but I remember that so much so that now when I'm in a position where I can hire, I if I know that there is a woman who happens to be on maternity leave or is about to go, but is perfectly qualified for the role, I will let her know, hey, look, this role's available. Call her even when she's on that leave because I she's expressed interest before and say, even if you want to come to the interview, bring your baby along, let's have a conversation. Aww. And that way we're removing the barriers. We're making it easy and more accessible for people to be able to perform. And it just takes a little bit of thought, a little bit of creativity and, and total allowance to have people show up the way that they need to show up to do the job. I love that. And you know what? That is such a great example uh, of the amazing leader that you are, because I mean, I remember even in high school, I, you know, I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a criminal lawyer. And I went down, marched down to the guidance office. A lot of people know my story and they kind of LOL'd me out of their office and said, oh, you know, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You don't have the funds, whatever the case, as they continued to put me down and uh, basically said, you know, go get married, have a few kids. You'll be fine. Like very dismissive. And I'm like, uh, okay, want the family too. However, you know, being 17 or 16, however old I was at the time, it could have destroyed me. And, you know, it did hurt me. And it, but it's something that stuck with me always. And I was able to take, you know, the rejection as redirection. And obviously, I'm not a lawyer, although I probably should be based on what I do. But anyways, uh, you know, and, and it basically fueled me to, and it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to show them. It fueled me to do better and to do different. And so do you feel, because I feel like not only did you say something so important that now that's sort of your leadership style that I'm going to make it work. And, you know, she has to bring her baby because she can't find daycare. I think she's a great candidate. I'm still bringing her in, but what did it do for you personally? Um, It, it made me want to just break down barriers and just keep rising. Like I'm not going to let that hold me back. So fine, maybe you won't consider me for this role. But what I will do is upskill. And I will continue to develop while I'm on maternity leave. And I'm going to come back even more powerful and have more to offer and more value to bring to the organization or perhaps another organization that may see that value in me. I remember even on my second maternity leave, I had decided, hey, I'm going to go back and do my master's. And I had a conversation with my boss and he's like, uh, you know, I don't know if that's such a great idea. You're, you're going to do your master's, but it's like, but if anyone can do it, I think you can do it. You wouldn't come to me unless you had a plan. So he's like, so I'm going to endorse this. But I, he's like, but if anyone else came to me, I would say this is a bad idea. Very bad idea. And it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was very tough having a one-year-old and then doing my master's, having to go to like British Columbia to get uh, on-site campus for the week or so and thinking, oh, is she going to forget me? <laughs> and she did throw me shade when I came back. She did <laughs> but so did mad. you have two kids at that time? I think you yeah, had so two that would, kids. Yeah, that would have been my second at the time. So she so was- So you had like, a one-year-old and a newborn. Oh, I had a five-year-old and oh, a five-year-old and a newborn. Yeah. Still- still you're outnumbered. That's awesome. And you know, it's funny, I, I think you and I talked about having, I think one child, this is just my parenting thing coming in now, is life changing, because it changes your whole life. Nothing's about you anymore. Having two kids is super crazy busy. Anything after that, you're outnumbered, and you're kind of in survival <laughs> mode, right? You have three, I have four. So 
you know, people always ask me, how do you do it? You know, you got your hair done, you have your makeup done. And it's like, it's called being up at 5am. And they're like, I am never getting up at five. And I'm like, fair enough. It's like, whatever's important to you. But yeah. my whole thing is they're like, well, how do you do it? And I'm like, you know, I could write a book, probably a series on parenting. However, the answer to me is you just do it. So when people ask, because you do, right? There's so many hours in a day. You're a good multitasker, super strong, and you just do it. So what was your kind of tip or secret to to doing all this with three young kids? Uh, yeah, I definitely need a good support system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, transparently, when I had my second, I was also going through a divorce at the same time. So that was tough. I had my mom and she was incredible to me. So she would make me dinner sometimes to help so that I could focus on finishing off my papers. And then there were times where my son's like, Hey, I just want to play battleship with you. And I'm like, I got a paper that's due. And he's just like, but I want to play. And I'm like, but you know, if mommy plays battleship, I can't finish. I'm going to be up to like two o'clock in the morning. He's just like, yeah, so let's play. So, so I'm good. You, uh-huh. Right. So, so even though you have the best laid plans, you still have to be flexible, right? Of and course. you just got to roll with it. So I just said, okay, fine. Clearly, this is something that's very important to him. Let's play Battleship. And then, are you good? Okay. Now you can yeah, get ready and, for bed. And, and those are I'm, one of those long games. Yes. <laughs> right. I said it. Now I'm up. It's like two o'clock. And thank goodness for time differences. So we have a three hour time difference between Toronto and BC. So I was able to get it in by 3am our time. So that bought me a couple hours, but then you still have the baby who wakes up at all hours and like, I want milk. So I'm literally with like baby in one hand and typing with my other free hand to get this paper in by 3am the deadline. And, you know, and then wake up for six or seven, I think six in the morning to get ready for work. So it just, it is what it is. You just have to continue to roll with it. But there's a couple of hacks. Like I figured out how to do like my makeup in seven minutes. So then it's not so hard. And then I focus, okay, seven minutes. So I'm not spending hours and hours or with my hair. Like I could tell you many, many times back in the day, I was like, I don't even have time to like be combing. We're just going to do a hand comb and fluff and we got to go. And well, you your hair looks fabulous. <laughs> it's one of the first things I said when we got on, I'm like, oh, look at your hair. It looks fab. Yes. <laughs> you, you came up with those little kind of time hacks. And I love the fact that you said about your mom, because big love to your mom. And even yes. with mine, I, I went through, I think we went through a lot of the similar paths uh, between my third and fourth. I went also through um, a divorce and a separation. Uh, separation then divorce whatever you'd like to call it and uh, my mom was my saving grace and so I love the fact that you say ask for help because there was many times I mean she's she's lived with us you know forever and uh, she's been such an incredible help so I think it's about asking for help I think as women we really struggle with that because I think some people look at it as sort of a failure and maybe a weakness where I really look at it as a strength to be able to say, hey, I need some help. What Agreed. do you think? I think we get caught up in this like superwoman complex. So mm-hmm. we think we need to be able to do it all. I can wear the cape and I can have the crown and I can look fabulous. And I've got all these children that are all perfectly well-behaved and I can cook 
all of these amazing meals and I'm still going to slay it in the workplace <laughs> and I'm going to find time to like hang out with my girlfriends and then still find time for my partner. So like, let's get real, right? Yeah. You can't necessarily do all of that perfectly. So there's ebbs and flows, but you got to figure out what is the most pressing uh, priority and then deal with that for today. And tomorrow is a new day. And just be okay with sometimes, or, you know, you just have to push it off to the next day unless there's a hard deadline. And so I just try, if there's a lot coming at me, it's one day at a time. Just breathe. What are the focus, the highest priority items? Focus on that. And then we'll get to the next day. <laughs> we'll I love that. that. Yeah, just somehow you're going to make it. It's funny. You can't see because of my jacket. One of my many tattoos is just breathe. And, you know, my kids now obviously are older and harass me on a regular basis in a very good way. And sometimes when, you know, they see I'm like a little stressed, I get quiet and they're like, mom, look at your left arm. And I'm like, what? Just breathe. <laughs> and that actually... <laughs> It's, it's the silliest thing, but you know, I, I think I mentioned to you, one of my other businesses is private investigation and I get people on the other line where they're 911 calls. So whether it's a missing child, elder, uh, wellness checks or abuse, child mm -hmm. custody, whatever, and they're frantic. And then those are the two words I use as soon as I can get them to sort of calm it. And it's, it kind of works. It goes back to sort of self-care, but I tell them, I'm like, do me one favor. You know, I've got your back, whatever, just breathe. And you can hear them kind of go and just let all this out. So I, that comes to my next question. What do you do for self-care? So you have, you have a big job, you have a big life, you have a big career, you've got a big family. What do you do to self-care for Siobhan? Uh, for well there's two things one is like my I do meditations and I oh, do yeah. affirmations because that helps to make me feel better feel more confident feel more powerful feel like I can tackle the world and also it's a bit it's very calming um, I will listen to that even when I'm about to fall asleep because then I feel like I don't know I wake up with a bunch more energy in the morning and I don't even drink coffee right so that's just my thing the the other thing that I like to do is watch movies so I will try to find that time, whether it's like once a week to snuggle up with my husband and we'll watch a, sh a show, but then I get to decompress and disconnect. So my brain's racing tons of ideas, but while I'm watching that movie for the two hours or whatnot, that's it. It's like silence, just get into it and just have fun be in that moment. And then I can deal with everything else. So I just kind of need some of that downtime for myself. Um, but I also get a lot of fulfillment too from helping others. And while that does take time, it, go, it also re-energizes me. So I will try to see what can I do to help somebody this week? And sometimes it's my kids. Sometimes it's a uh, mentee. Sometimes it'll be a peer, whatever that might be. But that gives me, if they needed me for something, then I'm grateful that I am needed and that I'm valued. And that I makes me feel good. That is awesome. And you know what? It people really discount the fact. So I love the fact, two things, uh, the fact that you meditate. I, I just did a whole thing um, with the board of trade on meditation and some of the best and most successful leaders, they start their day with meditation. And it's been like that for forever. And there's many different positives to that. So thank you for sharing. And meditation doesn't always need to be an hour and a half yoga class. You could do it in two minutes. You can do it in 20 yeah. 
minutes. So I love the fact that that's one of your kind of go-tos. I love the movie thing because it is really nice to sort of just unplug with uh, people like yourself and I, our, our minds are always going, always thinking of ideas and whatnot. So to be able to unplug and just kind of focus on something else and, you know, be snuggled with your man, absolutely love that. And then I love the fact too, you really put a lot of emphasis into helping others, you know, the positive affirmations and whatnot, because you know that I'm a Tony Robbins uh, board certified life coach, whatever, but he is huge on that. If you live in gratitude and you're serving others, there's no room for anxiety or depression. You can't have the two feelings at the same time. Is right. that what you feel as well? Like, do you feel Absolutely. like a state, really calm state when you're helping others and living in gratitude? Yeah, because you forget about all the other stuff that you're maybe dealing with at that moment if you're very fo much focused on the individual or individuals that you're trying to help. And this is why I created the Butterfly Ladies, which was uh, for helping women to develop themselves, provide them with those professional skills that I've acquired from so many programs and designing and said, you know what, let me just give this back. Because what I found from talking to many people is that there's struggles. They struggle with financially finding somebody to be able to give them the advice. They, they don't have the means to be able to attend the conferences or those skill events. So how do I just give that back? So I, I will give that back to people that I'm mentoring. And there's those who will call me. And of course, you know, I'll do paid gigs too. But there's, there's an element of, you know, a particular individual, if they need that help and they're looking for it and they've taken the courage and that step to ask for it, then yeah, I, I'll give that. I love that. You're such a beautiful soul. I have two more quick questions. I know you're on a time crunch because you and I, I think, could talk for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I find Absolutely. you incredibly interesting. And we'll also have to get back to your organization because I know you had to sort of step away because you've got a, so many other things on the go. But I'd love to be involved in some way, shape or form um, doing something with you regarding that because mentorship is huge. And I don't know about you growing up. We didn't have a lot of mentors. I might, I mean, my mom was one and I had a few others. So the fact that you're giving back to others is, you know, just your heart. You can see your heart. It's very transparent. Question for you. What does it mean to you to be unbreakable? I think you need to be able to acknowledge that you have strengths as well as areas of opportunity um, and try not to focus too much on those areas of opportunity to like to the point where it's beating you down. They're really just a, a, an, an opportunity for you to learn or to do something better, right? Or like stepping stones in that case. So they may say, I think it was Joel Osteen had talked a bit about uh, like, a, like a setback is really just a setup for your next comeback. And to me, I look that as inspiration of like, okay, so maybe it wasn't really great here. What can I learn from that? And then how do I be better? And then what I've learned from everything that I do in leadership, it's just stop worrying about all of that stuff. Just worry about like, what are you really good at? What are the couple of really great strengths you have and master that. And then all the other things tend to elevate as you're focusing on, on your strengths. So that's the, the advice I give my mentees and say like, just focus on the stuff that you're really good at. Because that's when you feel powerful. That's when you're excited. That's when you're passionate. And then when you're doing that, all the stuff that you're maybe not as great, that tends to also elevate too. And then you overall feel really great. 
So when I think about women that are unbreakable, I don't think that they're unfathomable. I don't think that they don't have struggles, but it's how they perceive those struggles that don't get into their minds, don't seep into their hearts or into their bodies to take them down. And they use those opportunities to build themselves up and to really be able to come back with greater passion, fight, strength, courage, and to be able to help others. That's amazing because, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of the uh, epitome. I told you before of a rock star and, and being unbreakable. And the way that I sort of look at unbreakable is everything you said. It's about resilience and fearlessness. And it's about, it's a mindset. It's about how you look at things because we are going to struggle. We are going to fall. And I don't know if people say this, the same thing to you. Sometimes they'll say, oh, you know, how'd you get so strong? And oh, I wish I was as strong as you. And I'm sort of looking at them and I let them talk. And then I say, I am unbreakable because I have been broken so many times. And I have either, you know, learned how to deal with it. I've learned to, you know, get through it. I've built a community when I need the support, like we were talking about parenting. And so it really is about, I think you need to be broken to become unbreakable. Can I share something with you about that? So there, you know, when I think about like being broken, I don't think any of us actually are really broken because if we're broken, then yeah, we're not here. Like, but we, we get bent as opposed to broken, right? So if you think about bent, bent, right? If you look at, say, uh, in Florida, you get all those the hurricanes mm. and those palm trees, you know, you see them, they like bend over because of like lots of adversity. You get rain, you get all kinds of hail, all stuff. So the trees like us, they get bent that when you go through a whole bunch of adversity and challenges. But what happens after the storm? They rise back up and they actually rise back up even stronger. So they don't break. They just bend. And so when we go through... Challenges, we're not we're not gonna break because you're still here, right? If you're yeah. still physically here, you are not broken. You just you just were back for a minute, and then you came back up and you came back stronger. And that's I why I like to vision that. That's why I would say we were unbreakable. We just bend. We bend we sometimes, bend. To think, but we don't break. We need a T-shirt that says. <laughs> I bend. I do not break. I am unbreakable on the back. All blinged out, of course. You got to have the bling. Well, you know what? And that's such a good way. And this is going to be my last question until I ask you. I I have one last sort of closing question for you is. So I love the fact that you changed the narrative. I'm huge on that. You know, people will come to me and clients will say, you know, oh, I can't. And, you know, they're negative. They're at a very low time in their life. So just changing the narrative, even, you know, when I say about being broken, changing the narrative to saying bent doesn't seem so big and tragic, right? And so I think I had told you my my TED talk is going to be who are you in the face of tragedy? And, and a big part of it is that people don't need to look at it as the end. They don't need to look at it as catastrophic, although lots of the things my clients go through are, but some, I don't know why and how people rise above the biggest tragedy and they come out just like the palm tree, so much stronger. Why would you think that is? Do you think like all mindset, all mindset. If you fully believe that you can, you will. And if you believe you can't, then you won't. That, that's, it. unfortunately, it's just as simple as that. So that's where we start think, looking at things like resiliency. And the key component of resiliency is actually optimism. 
and if we're and they find that if you are extremely optimistic or positive individual when you're faced with challenges and adversity you have a higher propensity of being able to get through that versus somebody who is lower on that scale and that starts with your mindset do you believe in a growth mindset do you see okay so i was told no told no by you but that doesn't mean i won't be told yes by somebody else or maybe there's another way and you're being resourceful, you're, but it all comes with your mindset. So if you want to get through something, be better, just believe it and actually do something. So there's an action part too, right? You can't just talk and say, I can do all this stuff. And I know there's lots of people who keep championing all that, but you got to do something, some work oh, in there. There's got to be movement for sure. Right. I think you're going back to sort of what I talk a lot about, which is confidence you have to have the confidence and the belief in yourself that mindset is what's going to get you to start to do stuff right and and you might do something and you said in the beginning something really important too you said you know you can always shift it like be a little bit flexible right so I hear you saying the words bend I hear you saying the words flexible and it's almost like we have to forgive ourselves. Okay, we couldn't make that meeting or we're pushing ahead, not a really important deadline, but we're pushing something ahead a little bit just to give us that grace. And I think we have to be kinder to ourselves. 100%. I think we put on ourselves these expectations. That's why I say like that superwoman complex, right? We think we should be able to do everything and then some, where we need to give ourselves a little compassion or grace that you know, maybe it didn't all work out today. That's okay. And, and we'll still get there and have the courage to ask for help like you were talking about before. And that one is a hard one for many of us that were taught that we should be able to do it all on our own. I, this is why you have to have friends and you have family members, ask them for help, make things easier for yourselves. So you don't have to take everything on and then some, but when you can collectively come together with individuals and we're all helping and working towards the same goal, this is where the true power lies. It is the collectiveness of the of the greater whole that makes this really, really good. And you think community and everything like that and yes. will contribute to your growth. And, you know, they always say, even with, with kids or raising kids, they're always like, well, it takes a village. It takes so many people to, mm -hmm. you know, kind of raise up all children, right? Whether it's a school, a church, whatever, friends, family, loved ones. And I'm a firm believer that, we need that as women too. So why are women still sort of not asking for help? What would you say their kind of barrier to that would be the main barrier? Uh, I think it, it could stem from a, a multitude of different things. Could be experiences of what they saw when they were growing up. If maybe the females that they had in their life didn't tell them or share with them all of the other things that are going on behind the scenes, they'll just look at someone and say, oh, look, you look perfect. They go on social media, people post all of their pictures that are filtered and um, maybe even AI generated that they're not even real and try to okay. perpetuate or portray this fake life that is looks unattainable. Like everybody has a levels of challenges. Everybody goes through stuff, but people aren't always as willing to open up and talk about it because they'll feel vulnerable. They worry about what will others think of me. Um, if I show any unwavering, any like a chink in my armor, I'm going to go down. So it, what we need to do is just start talking openly. Let's have conversations. Let's tell people what the real deal is and how can we work together to get past that? 
And I think when you start having those open, transparent, and authentic conversations, that's when people start to see, oh, I'm not alone. Hmm. Oh, you too are going through that. What did you do to help get get you past that particular uh, challenge in your life? And then this is where we're able to make that turning point in terms of our mindset. Like, yes, I too can get through this. And if you look in your whole entire life, there's probably lots of things that you did and you did right, even in the face of adversity. So maybe leverage some of those key characteristics to help you through your next challenge and then talk to people about it so that they can learn. This is why when we talk from a project perspective, lessons learned is such a powerful uh, strategy. It's you can learn all the great stuff or what didn't work and then what can we do better next time? And that those are the lessons that I think is what we need to share. And, you know, the fact that you sort of have that leadership style is so important because so many times people, therapists, you know, great people that I listen to are always, you know, don't think of the past because, you know, you then that brings depression, thinking about the future causes anxiety. Fair enough. And I'm not saying suggesting to live in the past. But I tell a lot of my clients and when I speak, I tell people the exact same thing. It's like, why, you know, well, you know, I've been told not to look back. I'm like, but I welcome you to look back to see how far you've come or like what you just said, look at what worked for you during that time. Take those tools, you know, obviously continue to evolve and grow and um, put new tools in your toolbox. But if something worked for you, why not use it? So I love the fact that you're sort of teaching that when you are mentoring and leading others. It's, I think it's so important. It's like driving a car, right? We have a rear view mirror. So you're going to have to oh. check back every so often to make sure like what's happening there and, and you learn, but your focus isn't on the rear view mirror. It's forward. And what's your destination? Where am I going? Right? So you, you can check your past for you know, things you want to learn, things you want to do better. What did I do great here? How could I use that? But don't focus on your back, on your rear view mirror. You got to exactly. focus forward. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm not suggesting to focus backwards, but I, I think people are so sort of conditioned to, well, you know, I was told I shouldn't look back and I'm like, yes. but you went through A, B, and C and, yeah. you know, you did all these things. So obviously you did something to get through or come through on the other side. So I just, I like people to reflect on their lives and what they've done positive in times of yes. a city. So exactly. the closing question to you is, what is next for you? You have so many awesome things going on. Can you tell us a little bit? I'm also going to just, so for all our listeners, I'm going to include in the description how people can get a hold of you, follow you, watch your amazing videos and all that fun stuff. But what's next for you, Siobhan? Um, well, I would say at the end of this year, I'm being recognized as woman of the year for the International Association of Top Professionals. So I'm really excited about receiving that award and um, we'll be in New York. So that's at the, the Plaza Hotel. And then there will be on the NASDAQ, there'll be a billboard there too. Um, I'm also looking forward to like writing a book. And I, while I've been a contributor in multiple books, what I wanna do is really write one for myself on how to spark change and really take action. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm sure you'll see me, uh, you know, on social media, just talking authentically about you know, what's happening. What am I doing? I try not to put too many posts on just random stuff. They're usually always focused on, you know, women empowerment, leadership, change management. 
the, those are my passion places. And uh, I, I hope that you'll hear more too from my mentees and see how far they're going in their own career, personal and professional careers. And that's the part that really brings me joy. Love that. See, you know, we ask about you and then you throw in your mentees. I love that. You are all about lifting others. You are a beautiful soul. Thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to meeting you. Maybe we'll meet in New York. Who knows? I hope so. Thank you. Thanks, Adrian.